Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Today we welcome a special guest, Father Caesar. Today, uh, many people live as if God were unknown, or even worse, they live as if He does not exist. This is why God is so despised by sinners. But their lack of knowledge is not a defect of God. Because St. John says, And the light was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Farther on, he says, that was the true light which enlightens every man that comes into this world. We see this darkness personified in the parable of the wicked vine dressers. Today's gospel. This parable exposes the evil disposition of the leaders of Israel unwilling since the Old Testament to reform themselves by obeying the prophets and ultimately Christ. Their moral deformation came as a result of their turning away from the light and thus sinning against it. And in this way becoming darkness. Consequently, God's love for the chosen people, that chosen vineyard of God according to the metaphor used by Isaiah in his beautiful poem that we have just heard, was answered by the bitter fruits of injustice, which is properly the fruit of those who have become enemies of God, those who are darkness, in other ways, in other words. For this, let us consider two points. First, chaos as a consequence of darkness which disposes the sinner to be a hindrance to the divine action. This is sinning against the light. And point two, sinning against the light, that is, being a hindrance to the divine action, makes us enemies of God, which is the great tragedy of souls. And we will see why. In St. John's Gospel, we read the following, I am the light of the world. He that follows me walks not in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This passage will help to understand better these two points. Now let us bring to our minds the following concept, which we all know, light. The concept of light. Now let us imagine what would become of this visible world if light were to cease. That thing so impalpable and so subtle 
that we cut light. It will be the world of disorder, which is proper to darkness. Our beauty will disappear from this visible world. The beauty of the sky, the beauty of the fields, the beauty of each of the creatures. Even life will disappear. Now when the Lord speaks and says that he is the light, he means that he is the son of souls. Think what the world would be if the sun were extinguished. For us it would be the end of life. The world will become a real chaos in darkness. For something similar will happen in souls if Christ, the light of souls, the light of men, were absent. Think of the indescribable disorder that would take hold of souls without Jesus, without our blessed Lord who enlightens them. How the beauty of the souls will disappear if our blessed Lord the divine life, the life of the soul, disappear from them. If our Lord is missing, it will be a chaos, infinitely superior to what we imagine in the material world. We can think about it. <clears throat> when the world had not yet known Christ except in figure, and by the somewhat veiled and obscure knowledge, to the prophecies of the Old Testament which the people of Israel possessed, remember what the world was. The world was the chaos of evil. And yet, since God intended to send his son, in some way the hand of God was secretly influencing the world. But remove even that, remove Christ from the world with your mind, and we see what will happen. Christ is our light. And without him we live in indescribable chaos. This should serve us individually to make another consideration. What will become of my soul without Christ, without his virtue, without his doctrine? which guides me along the paths of good without his grace which beautifies my heart without his light which is communicated to me and which is nothing other than the divine light on which I participate and hope to participate with greater perfection in heaven from my soul will disappear all life all hope all beauty, security, truth. When sometimes we see souls who live far from our blessed Lord, what a comparison there is and what a contrast they offer when they pass from darkness in which they live to the true light and begin to live again in Jesus. Their eyes change. We ourselves, when we have not been faithful to the Lord, how we had the soul. And what a contrast we have not experienced before this sad situation of our own soul and that situation in which we have seen ourselves when the light of 
our blessed Lord has entered us again. When he has flooded us with his beauty and has communicated his grace to us, we feel alive. The great tragedy of souls is this, that their light, which is Jesus Christ, be extinguished. When this light is extinguished in our souls, there is a possibility, a possibility of impeding God's action in us and in others. This is what we read in the Acts of the Apostles when Stephen says to the judges, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist, put obstacles the Holy, to the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you also. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them who foretold of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. The work of the enemy will always be to try to prevent God's action. Some Paul would later accuse the Jews of Thessalonica of this very thing, of whom he said that they prevent the Gentiles from being preached to so that they might be saved. That is, they impede the preaching of the Gentiles so that they might, they might not be saved. And St. Paul clarifies that in this way, and St. Paul clarifies that in this way, those who do these themselves enemies of God, because they sin against the light. And he adds that in this way they are filled up, they are filling up by sinning against the light, they are filling up the measure of their sins until the divine wrath fall upon them, showing us in this way that we are before one of the most serious sins. That is to say, that of impeding the salvific action of God in my soul and in others. This is one of the sins that later medieval authors will classify among the different sins that fall under the name used by your blessed Lord as sin of the Holy Spirit. That is to say, to hate grace, to hate the work of grace, to try to impede the work of grace in others so that they do not reach salvation is one of the worst sins that can be committed. So great is this sin against the Holy Spirit that it has merited from the mouth of the incarnate mercy who is Jesus Christ, a terrible judgment. When our Lord says that he will not be forgiven either in this world nor in the next. It's not because they cannot be forgiven by the mercy of God, as many say, but because when a person reaches this extreme of committing these sins, he closes himself totally to the work of grace. Unfortunately, very often men try to impede, the, to interfere the work of God 
simply because it does not conform to their own plans or to their ideas of God or to the ideas of how God works should be according to their criteria. We must realize that the honor of grace is exclusively God and that he distributes it as he wills, to whom he wills and where he wills. That is why your task is to cooperate with the divine works, not to put obstacles in their way because they do not fit our criteria or expectations. How many works of, the, of God in the church have collapsed because of men who are nothing more than obstacles in the way of God? Are all the time trying to put obstacles in the way of God's salvific designs? Let us ask for the grace that we may never try to be an obstacle to God's salvific work. Let us ask for the grace to be faithful always to the grace that God gives us every day because if we are not faithful to the grace of God that God gives us every day we can also end up being unfaithful to these motions to these actions of the Holy Spirit certainly it is an inscrutable mystery why God allows some to resist him which will happen only until the day when nothing and no one will resist him anymore, which is the day of his second coming. Finally, let us ask for the grace through the intercession of a blessed virgin, mother, never to sin against the light. <laughs>